Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas, and this is my mama's podcast, and, and here she is. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome back to the Nine Months Podcast. Today is episode number 36 in the order. And the day that I'm recording this is the first day of March and the sun is coming in through my window and I can see a little bit of light, maybe not at the end of the tunnel, but um, to me winters are quite difficult when they're long and especially around this time, February and March, it's it's hard to still be in the cold for me. and the kids are inside quite a lot and you know um, and I was away for a couple of weeks in February in the sunshine which I'm really grateful for Um, and then I got back into Prague and and it's cold again and it's hard for the body I think and the mind to adjust a little bit but here we are and it's a sunshiny day and I'm very grateful for that. Before we go into today's episode fully I'd like to take your attention for a moment to towards pledging a little bit of support for the podcast I know that there's a lot of you guys out there supporting me and I really really appreciate when you give me a good review wherever you listen to the podcast or you take a picture when you're listening to the podcast and share it on your social media and tag me in it All of these things are really helping me to spread the word that this podcast exists and and all of that. Um, I'd also like to bring back to your attention that I have a Patreon page where you can pledge your support and support me a little bit financially while I'm recording and creating all this content for the world. You can choose to do three euros a month, five euros a month or 10 euros a month. And the three euros a month is sort of equivalent to to a nice cup of coffee in a cafe once a month. So if you think about it, maybe it'll be worth it for you to to support me in that way. Um, There's also other ways that you can support by just sharing this podcast with friends and family or just giving me a high five if you see me on the street and you like it. That's also quite nice. (laughs) Anyway, if you have any questions or anything on how you can reach out or do or support, then do let me know. I'm here at the nine months podcast at gmail.com. And as you can hear, I'm quite bad at asking for support. (laughs) Maybe you have a good idea of how I can ask for support better. Then then you can reach out and tell me that also. Great. (laughs) Um, So let's dive into today's episode. Today's episode is uh, with Chantelle. And Chantelle is a woman that I reached out to Uh, to hear her stories actually because she is running a platform for for moms and moms to be and postpartum and all of that it's called mother good you can find it on mothergood.cz and she's doing a lot of great things for our community um, where she's hosting postpartum classes where you can go with your baby without your baby or if you're pregnant 
um, and where there's also a bit of community and discussion and you can share your thoughts and feelings about things and she's also organi- organizing um, I think there are monthly events she might have to correct me if I'm wrong but monthly events or so where there's specific topics that you can go and, and discuss and she invites experts on things I know there was one recently about um, sleeping and they've proven to be really helpful and really really nice for for parents um, in Prague and in English um, if we need a little bit of community and as we speak about in the podcast today also um, these past couple of years having become a new mother maybe during the pandemic uh, has been quite lonely for a lot of people and myself included with my second I was really looking for community and looking for other people in the same situation that I could just talk to and hang out with a bit and um, and here is this beautiful thing that Chantel has created so if that is something that you are looking for then head to mothergood.cz and see what she is up to all right i'm not going to introduce chantelle's story so much today she's going to tell it to you guys anyway so let's welcome to the podcast chantelle hi chantelle and welcome to the nine months podcast it's so nice to have you Thank you. It's it's lovely to be here. Would you like to start by introducing yourself and who's in your family and what you do? Sure. So I'm Chantelle. Uh, originally, I'm from Canada, Toronto. I moved here about eight years ago and I have um, a son. He's 22 months old and his name's Oliver. And my husband's name is Jan and he is Czech. Oh, that's great. And what do you do in your life? Well, I started off uh, when I first came here to Prague, like many expats, was to be an ESL teacher. So I started off as an ESL teacher for many, many years in a kindergarten. And uh, now currently I am a fitness and wellness coach and I run a program called Motherhood, And it's pretty much a, a program for mothers in Prague. And it offers fitness classes, support and events to just help out through a uh, motherhood journey. So yeah, right now that's, that's what I'm doing basically full time. Um, and it's, it's, it's been great. It's been going really well. Oh, that's great. And that's how we found each other also, because somebody recommended me your classes and that's how I, how I found you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That was really nice to hear that, that you've heard about my program. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody's out there and they need some support postpartum, then, then we will link to everything on the show notes page for Chantel's. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. And would you like then to start with your journey to becoming pregnant? Um, Did you guys plan to have a baby and how did you find out? Yes. I always knew that I wanted to be a mom at at some point in my life. Um, So after my husband and I, we got married about a year later, we started talking about trying very loosely because at that point I didn't know as much as I know now about the, like the mechanics of like having a child, you know, like the, the female reproductive system about ovulation, about menstrual cycles and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of tried. Um, we didn't follow any guide. We, I didn't, you know, look at my ovulation or, or which days I were the most optimal days for conception. We just very 
very loosely tried. And to my surprise, um, after the first month, I got pregnant. Oh, wow. So, yeah, <laughs> it's really immediate. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that. So I was like really happy, but at the same time, really surprised. I had imagined that it would take a few more months and um, I would have some more time because with experience from those in my life and what I've read, you know, conceiving can be a, a long process mm-hmm. and um, it's not always, you know, as easy it was for me. So mm-hmm. I was kind of caught off guard and realized quite quickly that I had a lot of reading to do about <laughs> you know, pregnancy and, and all of that. So I, you know, started reading a lot of literature and Googled things, which, you know, I read a lot about what you should avoid doing and eating, um, taking prenatals and whatnot, which did give me a lot of useful information, but also caused a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. because I started to unknowingly at the time obsess about a miscarriage, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, every like pain or, um, you know, nausea or something that I ate that I realized much later could be detrimental to to the baby I was calling my my gynecologist and was really panicked and they were very nice and understanding but they Mm -hmm. were like it's okay you know everything's fine you're healthy um so after that first trimester I um I felt at ease with with being pregnant but those first I would say the first trimester, the first three months, I was very anxious mm. about being pregnant. Yeah. So how did you, how did you find your way here in Prague then with your pregnancy? What, what kind of, or what model of care did you choose? And, and um, yeah. yeah. So originally I went to uh, my gynecologist that I had um, and I was just going there yearly, once a year for the regular checkups. Um, and it wasn't uh, private it was just like VZP, you know, mm-hmm. so with public health insurance. And mm-hmm. for me as, as a new mom and as a mom without any support, I don't have my family here. I mean, I'm an expat. Um, I just didn't feel that I was getting, you know, the, the reassurance or the, or the care that I, I wanted. So I mm-hmm. ended up going to public health care. Um, I mean, private health care. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were really, really excellent. Um, yeah. They would... They gave me a lot of information that they knew that I was probably lacking. Of course, they spoke fluent English. They dealt with a lot of expats. And um, I really enjoyed being a part of a a, a private clinic because Mm -hmm. they just offered me a lot of um, support whenever I called, no matter how silly it might have seemed to them that I was worried about something. They always fit me in. And that gave me a lot of um, reassurance and strength throughout my, my pregnancy, knowing that I had something to, or someone to, to call at any time if I needed something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. May I ask which, uh, which clinic you went to? If you want yes, to share. Absolutely. Gain Medico, Gain Medico. Mm-hmm. So they were originally in Carlene and now they are by Halamni Nadraji. So they mm-hmm. are near the main train station. And my specific doctor is Dr. Shemiak, and I've recommended him to many, many people. Mm-hmm. Um, he's lovely. And um, they have a little area there where you can have your children um, if you are going into the, the meeting and you don't have your partner to watch your child mm-hmm. for you, if you are having your second child um, when you're going in for your meetings or just the post postpartum care, which mm-hmm. I like. So there's a little kid's corner and then they'll have um, someone at the reception watch watch your child. So that's really helpful because you can't always plan, you know, your appointments 
mm-hmm. um, without bringing your your little one with you. It's not always possible. Yeah. So that's one thing that I really, really like about, about them. Oh, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of women here in the city are always... It's always the question on the forums, which gynecologist mm-hmm. should I use and which which private clinic or which private which uh, public one is good? And it's such mm-hmm. a jungle to go through for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recommend Gyne Medico. They're they're excellent. So oh, great. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. So how was your pregnancy then? Um, did you did you know what kind of birth you were planning for or wanted or did you go through any any standard testing or any birth education or anything you want to share? Mm-hmm. Um, after the first trimester, after that, like 12 week mark, when, you know, you feel comfortable or you're like allowed given the go ahead to kind of openly share your pregnancy, because prior to that, it was like this, this, you know, extremely wonderful experience, um, life-changing experience that's happening to you, but you're like keeping it a secret from a lot of people in your life. Um, I've, after I was able to share that and 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 with my friends and family and on social media, this like weight <laughs> came off me and I really enjoyed pregnancy. I wasn't sick at all. I had so much energy. I was exercising. I just felt really in touch with my body. I really respected it and felt a connection with it that I hadn't before. I was really in awe and amazed um, with the female body. It's a very strong, powerful, powerful thing. Um, so how I lived my life prior to that was, you know, basically vegetarian, not eating a lot of meat, plant-based diets, um, resorting to a lot of natural holistic means to, to heal the body. I just really felt that exercise and, and, um, eating properly was a great way to just live your life. You know, not, not saying that there's one great way to lead your life or, or to be a mother or a parent or in any way. I just, that's the way that I was leaving, living my life at the time. So I thought I'm not going to have uh, an epidural or I'm not going to have a birth with a lot of interventions. I'm going to go natural and that's the birth I'm going to have. I'm going to breastfeed. I'm going to be, you know, have the, the most um, natural approach as possible. So that's what I had planned, of course. And what I've learned now is planning, um, you know, the birth and how your child comes into the world is silly because you don't really have a lot of control over that. They're going to come he or she how they want to. It's it's really up to them. Um, And you kind of just have to accept that and let that be because it's very devastating when you, your plan doesn't go how you Mm -hmm. imagined it. And it can be very, very, very devastating to, to a lot of women. Yeah. So going into the pregnancy, like pregnancy, getting later, later into the, the third trimester, I contacted a doula. My mom was supposed to come from Canada to, to be with me um, through the, the birth and for my latter stages of the pregnancy. And then throughout probably the last first two or, or three weeks after I gave birth. But unfortunately, um, the pandemic happened um, one month before my due date. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that happened as a result of the pandemic was the borders were closed. Yeah. So my mom was not able to come. So that mm-hmm. was like the first, you know, um, realization. Okay, now my mom's not going to be here. Yeah. So I had my doula and I had my 
my husband. So it's like, okay, I still have a support system. So I'm okay. You know, let's, let's move forward. Let's stay positive. Yes. The pandemic is here, but I'm still having this baby. I can't change that. Right. Yeah. So then what happened was they um, forbade husbands or anyone other than the mother in the delivery room mm-hmm. as a way to kind of prevent the the spread of of the pandemic further and to keep the mom and baby safe within the hospital which I understood is this in the very beginning of the like very beginning didn't know anything very um, very beginning exactly I I had my son in April 2020 oh wow so it was just one month after the pandemic hit the world um so at that point there was a lot of fear and misinformation mm. and uncertainty surrounding the pandemic for me, for, for everyone, for the, the healthcare system, you know, for the doctors and nurses in the hospital. So they made this decision trying to keep everyone safe, not knowing, you know, now what we know now, yeah. right? Um, which I understood, but nonetheless, it caused me a lot of anxiety because I was yeah, like, okay, of course. Of course. my plan again, it wasn't, <laughs> it's completely changed and turned upside down, right? So my husband wasn't going to be able to be there. So first was my mom, then it was the doula. Then it was my husband. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go into this alone, right? No one but me. So I'm alone here. I don't speak the language, right? I have no family. I don't have my husband. I was like really freaking out about that. So this caused my husband and I to to consider having a home birth. Yeah. Yeah. So so then that's what we we decided that we, we wanted to do. So that he could be there, I could have a doula, I could feel comfortable, I could kind of control the environment that right now at that moment, I felt that I wasn't able to control. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of control. Yeah. Yeah. And did you find somebody to support you with a home birth at that time? I did. At the time I did. Um, I got lucky that I did. Mm. Um, So I did. We had the meetings, the initial meetings. I felt confident. You know, of course, she was very honest and open that it was going to be a challenge. It's my first birth. Um, You know, she wasn't, you know, sugarcoating it and like, this is going to be a breeze. You know, she's like, it's going to be beautiful, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be long, you know, mentally prepare yourself for that. There's no like, you know, I can send you to the hospital, you know, I'm sure many of people have read or researched home births as a, as a mother, or you, you know, the basics of it, but then knowing the actual steps and, and the preparation, I was like, okay, but this is what I'm going to do. Cause I want to do it this, this way. I don't want to be in the hospital without any support. So and end up still, I had a, um, a birth in the hospital because the same day that I went into labor, um, they actually let they released that um, that regulation. So my husband was then allowed to be in the hospital with me. So it was the same day that I actually went into labor. So after a few hours of uh, contractions, my husband got this alert or a message from his family and was like, look, you can go in the hospital with her now. You can be there. Because they were really anxious. My family, his family, they were like home birth. You know, they were really, really worried about it. Um, so we, we spoke about it and we're like, okay, if you can come to the hospital, let's go to the hospital. So we ended up deciding to go to the hospital. So after about like 12 hours of contractions, they were like off and on. And I'd known from my research that it wasn't time to go to the hospital yet. Um, so I did go there 
um, early the next morning and I was only one centimeter dilated, you know, and everyone was in masks and shields and like, they looked like astronauts, like full body cover suits, not what I was expecting. Um, they told me, you know, you're only one centimeter dilated. So you need to go back home because at this moment, we're not having women who are not further along in, in um, you know, their, their labor here for, to protect you. And we just don't have any space. So they sent me back home and they're like, once you have your five minutes um, apart with your contractions, come back. So I was home for about another six hours. I went in the bath. I, you know, played music. I relaxed. I was on the phone with my doula and um, they started to pick up and I was started to be in quite a bit of pain and discomfort. So I went to the hospital and they told me you're only two centimeters dilated and by that point I was like 18 hours in labor (laughs) and I was like what (laughs) so I was completely shocked and like feeling defeated at that point and I was in a lot of pain and they're like this could be going on for the eight to nine hours maybe more so they were like you should get an epidural and I was like nope I'm not gonna do it I can do this so you know I got into the room and at that point no, three, four hours later, I was like exhausted. Like I was in every position I could and it was just only two, three more centimeters dilated. I was like four centimeters at that point. And they're like, yeah, you should get an epidural. You're not going to be able to push. And I was like, fine, fine, I'll do it. So I agreed to the epidural. Um, it relaxed me. I was feeling good at that point. I was like, why didn't I get the epidural earlier? <laughs> but um, I just felt much better. Yeah. I slept actually. Um, I felt really good, but then my water hadn't broken yet. So the doctor came in and was like, we're going to break your water. You know, you need to get this, this moving. And even though my, um, my doula was like, don't listen to their, they're going to give you, um, advice. They're going to push you into one direction or the other, stick to your birth plan as much as you can remind yourself. It's not a race, take it slow. But at that point I was just overwhelmed and tired and I was like sure break my water and that started a cascade of like interventions that ended up becoming very life-threatening to me and my baby um because once I agreed to that he went into distress and I had plutocin and a lot of other drugs um I agreed to it because I basically opened Pandora's box and I um I agreed to a lot of different interventions and all of a sudden I went into shock um, and I, my heart rate dropped all these, like basically alarms went off in the room and um, the nurses ran in, the doctors ran in. I mean, at this point I was in and out. I can't remember a lot of the details. A lot of what I'm telling you now is what my husband told me what happened Um but for what I remember was just a lot of panic and movement and listening to my heart. Um, I was on oxygen. And at one point they're like, we can't hear the baby's heart rate, heart rate. They were like flipping me over back and forth, trying to find my son's heartbeat. And they're like, we cannot find it. And at this point, you know, I was thinking that they were telling me that, that he's not alive. So they're like, we, ha- we have to race you into, um, an emergency C-section, you need to get into the OR immediately. So I didn't really have a choice in this matter, right? You're in fight or flight. I was like, okay, I got to do this. Like, I got to save my baby's life. Let's get to the OR. 
despite that I told myself the moment I got pregnant, even before that, I would never have a C-section. I'm going to push my baby out. I can do this, you know. And I'm on the operating table alone. My husband wasn't allowed to come in there with me. Um, they just said that it was for the the safety of me and, and the doctors and, and my son. So I was pretty terrified at this point. And again, I lost consciousness. Somebody was doing CPR. I guess at some point I completely bottomed out. Um, I don't know if it was from the anesthesia they gave me. I'm not sure what it was, but I guess they were like trying to bring me back. Um, they were pinching me because I guess I kept passing out. And then finally I came to and they're like, we're going to bring your husband in. Because I think at this point they weren't sure if I was going to make it. So they were like, OK, we need to have someone here because this is this is scary. So um, I guess as they had started the procedure, they kept talking to me. They kept like trying to get me to, to be like talk to them so that they knew that I was OK. And my husband came in. And I just remember seeing his eyes and like, he was smiling. Like he was just like, I guess they told him, you know, don't be scared. You know, mm -hmm. she's in distress. We need you to be positive. We need you to be like her, her rock right now. So if you're scared, then she's not, she's going to think that something's wrong. So he was just looking at me and we have masks on, right? Like I could only see his eyes. And I remember his eyes and he was just like, everything's okay. Everything's good. And you know, but my organs are out and there's, you know, my baby's being pulled out and he's seeing all of that. There was no time for the sheet or the cover. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm seeing that too. Um, and they pulled my son out and they put him, I don't remember it, but they put him right to my chest apparently. And then they took him out of the room and my husband left. And um, I don't really remember much after that. Um, they did rush me to the ICU. Um, I was hemorrhaging a bit um, and I had to recover. So I wasn't allowed to see my son for quite a few hours. I was supposed to sleep. Um, and then I was later told that my husband had to leave almost immediately um, after my, my, I gave birth to my son. Um, he wasn't allowed to be with him. He couldn't hold him, bond with him. So he was just brought to the, the neonatal unit or to be with the, the nurses. Was this in because a room. of COVID or is this normal? Procedure? Yes, yes. It was COVID. No, it was because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he was in a completely separate area away from everyone because of COVID. So I wasn't allowed to be with him, to bond with him, nor was my husband. So he was just taken away to be cared for by the nurses. And I was allowed very, very brief interactions with him while in the ICU while they awaited my, my COVID results. Wow. Um, because there was like four of us in the ICU and they didn't want to basically put Oliver at risk um, mm -hmm. because they didn't know how COVID affected newborns at that time. Right. So they were waiting for me to be transferred to um, the unit where we all had, we were all cleared and we all, we all, negative COVID mm -hmm. negative mm -hmm. um otherwise there is a there was a unit for positive moms so um yeah so I was waiting 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 for them to to allow me to see my son and it was hours it was like 10 hours wow yeah. and do you know what what happened to you why why it went that direction with you to this day on my medical records, you mean like the complications yeah, and, and all that? Yeah. yeah. On my medical records, it just said um, 
I, I went into distress mm-hmm. anaphylactic shock from the I guess I had a negative reaction to something that they gave me one of the drugs had a bad reaction something that they claim is unforeseen um, but there's not a lot of the events that happened was like not put down on my my medical records right. which to this day I'm thinking that there was something that they did that they shouldn't do and they they were covering I can't say that for sure but all it says on my records to the state was I went in distress, was my water was broken, I was given Pitocin, and then they had to do an emergency C-section. A few of the drugs that were not that I had were not um, on on there. A lot of the procedures that they did, you know, the, the oxygen, the CPR wasn't there, oh. wasn't on the the yeah. So <laughs> of course you you questioned that. I, I brought it up many times but they're just like you know they put the most relevant information there they don't put step-by-step or minute-by-minute information I was like okay but what they told me was just I went into shock my oxygen levels were quite low Um, fetal heart rate was not detected so they had to then do a emergency c-section and I was still in shock um low oxygen levels so then I guess my heart rate dropped really low. So they had to do some CPR or life-saving measures to bring me to um, when they gave me the other, the second round of epidural um, for the C-section. And I guess my body just couldn't handle that. Yeah. It's crazy though, to me that you're telling me that a lot of the stuff that you were given are not on your records. It's very important, especially if you'd like to have another baby to know what it was what happened. I know. I know. Yeah. 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 That's something. It's unfortunate. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that that anyone did that intentionally. Unfortunately, it's just, um, it might've been the times, the anxiety surrounding all of, all of that. And I mean, they are humans and they, and they make mistakes, you know, they're doctors and nurses and you trust them with your health, but I I try not to have questions and unfortunately they're unanswered and I've kind of let it be, but there was a long time that I was angry and was pointing fingers, um, but I've just learned to kind of let that go. But yeah, there's there's some there's some questions <laughs> surrounding yeah. some of those events for sure. Yeah, I guess that was really uncertain times. Also, like, mm-hmm. I mean, even I wasn't giving birth at that time, but I could. <laughs> I was anxious as it was, even mm-hmm. not being pregnant, you know. Mm-hmm. And everybody else in this world also was so. I mm-hmm. guess that also comes down to medical professionals also being at work yeah. and doing that. Yeah. I, it's understandable also. Did mm-hmm. you, did you mm-hmm. go through your labor uh, wearing a mask the whole time? Um, no, I had to wear a mask when I, before they checked me into the room or before I was given the birthing room, mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. I had to um, wear a mask because it was like a, a common area or a public area where they're seeing and they take your blood pressure, they measure your contractions, and then they they decide whether or not they can to admit you into a room. Once I was in the birthing room, I did not have to. My husband did, the nurses and doctors did, but I wasn't, I was told that I didn't have to, it was optional. And of course I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't have to, thankfully, but I was under the impression that I would. But then when I got in there, they were like, no, you don't, you don't have to because you're alone in here. So it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And 
So how was your immediate postpartum then when you were rejoin, re, rejoined? Do you say that in English? Rejoined? Yeah. With Oliver? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure that's yeah. a word. We were reunited. <laughs> reunited. We were reunited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After quite a long fight with the, the ICU nurses, um, because they were waiting for my negative test and somehow it, the results got lost or some ridiculousness. Um, I was reunited with him and it was pure bliss. I know it sounds cliche, but I was like yeah. so happy <laughs> and uh, so in love. It was really wonderful. I just sobbed because I was like, that was like the first time after mm-hmm. almost 12 hours that I got to like really be with my son. And I had again, this idea that it was going to be this moment like instant bonding you know breastfeeding on the breast my husband and I would share these beautiful first moments minutes you know I didn't have that so I was trying to make up for all that um, after 12 hours and of course he was beautiful and calm Um, but I had also just gone through a c-section and the expected uh, recovery time is five days in the hospital Um, So I spent two nights, the first night, because he was born around 2 a.m. that night uh, in ICU. And then the the first night out of ICU, we spent together. I had another woman in the room with me, and and she had her son there as well. Um, So that was an experience in itself. But I decided that next morning that I was going to leave the hospital so that I wanted to check out early um, because my husband was not allowed to visit us for those five days. So he would not meet Oliver officially for the next five days until five days and I felt really torn about that I didn't think that was right he wasn't even allowed to bring me anything it was really pretty awful so I spoke to the head of the hospital and they were like trying to convince me like you can't go home like you just had major surgery and I was like is am I like can I die like am I at risk of infection or anything and they're like no but you don't have access to pain meds you know if anything goes wrong we can't monitor you and they're like, but if you sign this waiver and we, we officially check you out and you're healing well, we can let you go. But just know that like this is at your own risk. But they wouldn't let me go until Oliver was um, by the pediatric doctor, the head there. Um, he was given the okay, that he was okay. Yeah. Which I understand, right? Of course, if he has any issues, I would not leave. Um, but they're like, oh, he's completely healthy, so you can go home. So this was, you know, 48 hours after So I went home after major surgery with no pain meds. Um, And that was, yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. The C-section recovery is something that you cannot be prepared for. Did you, did you, they not give you a prescription for anything? Nope. Nope, they did not. They told me I can go to the pharmacy or here in the Czech Republic, the Lacarna, and I can get Ebalgin or which is Tylenol or or, uh, an over-the-counter pain meds. That's what I took. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yes, it is. It sounds like you could have been given something to, to, to take because home. I, I don't know if they were like punishing me, but they were like, no, I had like a few left over, these suppositories left over from when I was there, which I used. But yeah, no, I was basically taking what you take for a headache or menstrual cramps wow. for a major surgery. Um, but to be honest, it wasn't that painful. I feel like my drive to like care for my baby and like be there for him somehow gave me these like superpowers Mm -hmm. to not feel that pain as much as I should have. Because I know that a lot of women who are in the hospital recovering 
who were like, they said it was like the worst pain and it was painful. Don't get me wrong. Like every time I bent down or picked him up, I was reminded of like what I just went through, but it wasn't unbearable. You know, at no point was I like, I should get back to the hospital. I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like, it was manageable. And yeah. I think it was being there with my husband and knowing that that was the right choice, like pushed me through that. Yeah. Um, because the alternative was like be there without my husband and in the hospital where I had felt that they had done me wrong or they somehow something was wrong. They didn't, you know, I was, I felt scared and I didn't trust them anymore. So I didn't want to be there. So I felt that I had made the right decision and I was at peace with that. And that kind of just pushed me through the pain at that point. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of your postpartum, I guess we, we are in postpartum for the rest of our lives. Exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> but those first weeks, those first months, weeks. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I definitely developed um, postpartum depression, mostly from what I had felt was taken from me, the experience of, of birth, you know, the magic of birth. I felt I couldn't let go that it didn't happen the way that I had envisioned. And that goes back to the expectation now, you know, retrospectively, like the expectation we put on ourselves and the pressure from society to have this like perfect birth, this textbook birth, right? And we, we create this, um, this picture in our heads and we're quite often devastated when it doesn't happen. We start blaming ourselves, right? Like, yeah. what did we do wrong? Why, why couldn't I give birth naturally? What's wrong with me, right? And I just couldn't let that go. And I couldn't move past that for quite a few months. Um, I just kept going over it in my head. Like, what did I do wrong? Where did it go wrong? What if I hadn't asked for the epidural? What if I, you know, and I kept beating myself up about that. Mm. And those few, few, first few months of the newborn stage, which are fleeting, I focused a lot on that rather than just completely immersing myself in like their squishy, newborn, innocence, pure phase. I spent a lot of that kind of like upset. And looking back on that, um, I have a lot of sadness about that, but I understand why I was going through that. Um, and plus it was, there was a pandemic, right? Like I couldn't leave yeah. the house for a lockdown. Um, my family wasn't there. I wasn't able to see a lot of my friends. I couldn't meet them. I couldn't, you know, share this joy with anyone. I just had like endless amount of time to be, to be home with myself and my thoughts. So it was very difficult. Um, and I would generally say that I'm quite a strong person, but I, I couldn't really get past that and my husband couldn't help me with it because he couldn't understand and I couldn't articulate it even um, until now really until many months later um so it was it was difficult yeah 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 I I think I mean I when when the pandemic happened and we went into lockdown I was four months post postpartum with my mm-hmm. youngest so I can sort of I can relate to that also this sort of almost loneliness where you're just like you're supposed to be there with your baby and then but this baby is so much joy and you want to share this joy right with your friends with your family with the world and it's winter time and you're inside and Mm -hmm. the world is falling apart out there you know I, I can totally relate to that and it's and it's a very I think it's been a very very difficult couple of years 
especially for, for new moms, you know, and especially if you do it for the Absolutely. first time around. So I can, I can definitely relate to that. So, yeah. And, we're and still, I think many moms can, many. Yeah, absolutely. And we're still in it. You know, it's still ongoing and there's still all these things. Exactly. You know, so, yep. yeah. But hopefully, hopefully it gets better soon. <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we can do right now. Right? Yeah. Uh, great. Is there anything else that you would like to share or any, any references that you use or any books you read or anything? Um, not really. I mean, what I found the most strength in is like after when I was dealing with the postpartum depression, I started to search for a program, you know, like a, a group or like some sort of um, like support system. Because I was like, I don't know how to kind of, I needed to feel like someone heard me, you know, that I could share my experience with, with other moms. And I'm like, there's so many moms that have given birth in this really crazy time. It would be really helpful to meet those moms. And, um, you know, I was I'm also very um, passionate about health and physical activity. And I, and I was like, you know, I would love to just do something like that, you know, work out with moms, go for a walk. And I couldn't find anything. And um, living in the Czech Republic and Prague specifically, um, there's not a lot of resources that I found for English speaking moms or even moms in general, you know, to get out there with your babies and to meet other moms. And I couldn't find anything. And I was like, you know what? I have experience as a fitness trainer, as a wellness coach. Um, and I feel that maybe I should just create that, you know, just one day. I was like, let me just try. <laughs> so that's how kind of mother good, um, my program, uh, came to be. So it started just as like a Facebook invitation, you know, whatever mom's available on this day, come to Regrovi Sadi, which is a park here in Prague, quite a, a popular one. Um, and come with your babies or your toddlers or by yourself. And let's just get together and do an exercise that's postpartum safe because I specialize in, in pre, pre and, um, and, and postnatal exercise and wellness. So I do a lot of work with, um, you know, the women who are recovering from traumatic births and, and just recovering in general postpartum, postpartum exercise. Um, so it's like, let's, 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 let's get together and let's, let's do something for you and for baby and, and for, for the community. So it, it started off a little rocky because weather and it's outside and it's hot, but there were, you know, it was pretty consistent. It was like twice a week and I started to, to see that it was growing. And by the end of the summer, it was quite, quite big. So I was like, all right, well, let's, it's going to be autumn now. So let's find an indoor space to do this. So then I did find an indoor space, uh, Yemeni Svet in, in, um, in Prague too. And that's when it really became this concrete, this concrete program where I hold regular sessions three times a week. Um, and it's a mix. So I offer a few different sessions, but the most popular one is the mom and baby fitness and support program. So it's a blend. It's basically where fitness meets support. So it starts off with a 30 minute uh, postpartum safe and also a lot of pregnant women join the program as well because it's, it's it's also designed for prenatal health um, and body so it's a 30-minute exercise you know you bring your little ones there's toys um, we all just kind of do what we can um, and uh, after the exercise we have a discussion 
period where I have a different topic every month, whether it be your, your birthing experience, expectations, your relationship with your, your husband, co-parenting, body image, breastfeeding, whatever, right? There's so many different topics mm-hmm. in motherhood. And we talk about those things and um, very open, honest um, and share and, and give and also gain advice from one another. Yeah. Some of us just listen, some of us share, and um, it's really, it's been great. Um, it's, it's done a lot for me personally um, as a mother. It's offered me a lot of support mm-hmm. and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I've met a lot of wonderful moms in the program, some of them that I can call friends. So mm-hmm. it's been wonderful. That sounds really great. I'm very grateful to hear about it because I, I think with both of my kids, I've met or I've I've done a few things with with mothers just like we discussed before with parents like um just classes or or you know prenatal yoga or something like that but I also never really found Mm -hmm. um that support I guess and when you're Mm -hmm. when you're telling me about these discussions and stuff I'm like oh I should have had that I would have wanted that (laughs) in my postpartum so I'm really grateful Mm -hmm. that that you're here and that you're doing this work because it's so needed and and um yeah I thank I'm, you I'm grateful for that <laughs> I'm grateful for it too it's my privilege it's been yeah. life-changing and yeah. um, I'm happy that I can change a few lives in the process Great. Um, yeah and just actually really briefly getting back sorry sorry I was just no, going go to you mentioned about resources and then I kind of thought about it for a second um I don't have any specific books or like uh, I don't know, any literature or, or any specific resources, because there's so many, and they're, it's important, read, you know, definitely literature and, and resources are very important when you're a new mom or postpartum, you know, there are a lot, there are so much out there, it can mm-hmm. be quite overwhelming. And I felt <laughs> that it was for me, it's like, what's the right opinion, or what's the right book? And, but what I found was the best resource was other mothers, like real experience, right? Like, opening up and talking to other mothers about what you're going through and mm-hmm. the sharing of that and opening up and feeling heard and listened to and understood. Like that's mm-hmm. the great resources. Like those people in your life that have gone through it or, or are going through what you're going through. That's the greatest resource. Like the yeah. strength of, of other mothers and you yourself as a mother, yeah. like understanding that you are your greatest resource as well, believing in yourself and, and that strength. And um, I find that like through all of this, you know, no matter all the books that prepared me for birth or, or all of that um, mm. motherhood, it didn't go as, as I read, right? What you read in the books are going to prepare you for what motherhood really is. Yeah. And motherhood is hard. Yes. You know, some days you're killing it, right? You're, you're doing great you feel like superwoman mm-hmm. and other days you feel like the worst mom and we're so hard on ourselves as as mothers but that like living it and and talking to others who have um is a great resource leaning on, on others for support being kind to yourself mm-hmm. um when it's hard like just be gentle with yourself like know that motherhood is difficult. And I feel like those are great resources. And if you can carry those with you through, through your, your motherhood journey, mm-hmm. I think that you'll be just fine as a mother. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Do you mind also sharing where our listeners could um, reach out to you? Yes, sure. 
Absolutely. So uh, I have a website. It's uh, www.mothergood.cz. And there you can find all of my classes. Um, I also hold events for mothers um, in Prague monthly. Uh, they're called Wine and Wisdom events. So those are monthly and they offer have different speakers. Last month we had a speaker about sleep. This month it is about uh, a physiotherapist, pediatric physiotherapist will be speaking about development milestones. Next month it'll be a doula who will talk about what to expect uh, during your labor process and how to prepare. So you can find all the events there. And there's also a blog that I write monthly. So you can also reach out to me directly from there. There's a form and um, an automatic chat system. So yeah, if anybody needs any further information about my programs or just needs any support in general, I have a lot of contacts here to help any moms out in need. Um, feel free to reach out to me also by mail, um, which you can find on my, on my website. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for, for coming great. on and sharing your beautiful story with us. <laughs> thank you. It's been lovely. Oh, Happy to do it. Thanks again, Chantal, for coming on today and sharing your beautiful birth story with us on the podcast. So if you guys are listening in and you'd like to reach out to Chantal, then head to mothergood.cz and you can find her there. Or you can also always send me an email at the nine months podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to pledge your support to me, and this podcast and the work that I put in here, then go ahead and head to patreon.com slash nine months podcast and you can find all the information on how to support me right there. Also, be sure to check out the directory on the website, ninemonthspodcast.com, where you can find all of the podcast episodes just divided into into categories so if you're looking for information on a particular kind of birth you can just have a look there and maybe find a story that's suitable for you to listen to today all right you guys have a wonderful week ahead and i'll see you guys next thursday with another episode <laughs>